Masechet Yevamot, Daf Mem Aleph. The new Mishnah builds on the previous one regarding a case of Hacholes Livimto. Someone of Yavam does Chalitza with the Yavama. Uh, so now, as we just learned, he is prohibited to her relatives, Midrabanan, because it might get confused with a Gerusha. And but then, Venasa Achivet Achota. His, the Cholitz's brother, uh, marries the Chalutza's uh, sister, which is totally permitted. Even if the uh, even if they were married, the Cholitz and Chalutza, uh, the brother can marry two two brothers can marry two sisters. So this is certainly allowed. Vamet, but here's the thing: now the one who married dies, and is leaving a someone who is a cuckoo, who is a yevama. Uh, and the law is he has to do chalitza, cannot do yibum. Here is a picture of what we have. Uh, Shimon was married to Rachel, dies without children, and Reuven steps in and does chalitza. So now this is this is chalitza, and so Reuven is now prohibited to amid rabanan as the sister of his chalitza. Okay, then Levi takes Le'ah, marries her, he dies, so leaving her on a biblical level, Reuven can do yibum. Uh, with Le'ah, but on a rabbinic level, he's prohibited. Uh, but she does need something, and therefore, the simple solution is for him to do Chalitza on Le'ah. Okay, case, that's case number one. Case number two. Same as the previous case, except that now we're talking about that they got divorced. So now that we have only two, two brothers here, and uh, Reuven is married to Rachel, and then he divorces her. And since uh, once he's married, he's prohibited to Le'ah, and even after he divorces, still prohibited to Le'ah. Um, and then Shimon marries Le'ah, and he dies without children. In this case, is different because he, uh, this is a biblical prohibition, Isur Karet of his wife's sister. And therefore, because it's a sur karet for him to do this, there is no possibility of ibum or chalitza, and uh, therefore they are just patur, she can go and marry anybody she wants. So the second case um, uh, therefore has a different uh, conclusion. Uh, curiously, it says vechen here, which would imply usually vechen says this is case one, and the same would be for case two. But you see here that the uh, verdict is actually different, so the governor is going to ask about why we say vechen should be different, right? Aval, I should have uh, read. Okay, next case in the Mishnah. Shomedet Yavam, Shekidesh Achiv et Ahota. Someone, she is a, a woman who's waiting for Yibum. She has, a, she, her husband died. She's waiting, Shekidesh. And now her, the brother of the Yavam goes and does Kiddushin with her sister. So what do we do? We tell the brother who did the Kiddushin, wait, don't consummate the marriage, don't do Nisuin yet, until your brother will do something to break the Zika. Here's a picture of this uh, um, case. Reuven was ma- is married to Rachel. He dies without children. And so now Rachel is waiting. She is Shomeret Yavam. And either Shimon or Levi can do Yibum or Chalitza. She's waiting. In the meantime, Shimon comes and uh, does Kiddushin with Le'ah. So this makes her, uh, he has a zikah to Rachel, and there's a problem. Now, he really wasn't supposed to do that, but it works 
if he does. Uh, but now, in order to do nisuin, Shimon here would be, this is a zikuka, and so le'a is achot zikukato. One is not allowed to take achot zikukato. It's almost like Shimon has a marriage relationship with Rachel, and this would be her sister. So Shimon is not able to consummate the marriage. So what do we do in this case? We tell Shimon, hold up. Do not do Nisuin just yet. Let Levi do something. He can do Kiddushin. He can do Chalitza. Either way, that will break the Zika that Shimon has. And then Shimon can go on his way and do Nisuin and go on their honeymoon and live happily ever after. Right? So here's the cases. Chalas la'achiv okenasa. If that other brother does Chalitza or takes her in Yibum, michnos et ishto, then the brother who was in who did Kiddushin can go ahead with Nisuin. Other possibilities are Meta Hayevamaf. If Yevama herself dies, then that's it. There's no zika anymore either. Then he can go and uh, right, that would certainly be no problem. She dies so that she's out of the picture. Picture. Uh, there's no zika, and anyway, uh, their the sisters you permitted uh, once one dies. So Shimon then can go and take Le- Leah. What if, however, Levi dies? If Levi dies, you have a problem because Shimon is now the only brother, the sole brother who has a zika to Rachel. He has to do something. But he cannot do anything because uh, this is also, uh, he is prohibited to Rachel as his Arusa's sister. He is prohibited to Leah as Zakuk's sister. He is in a double bind here. And so here we go. Uh, in that case, if the other brother died, then the one who was engaged has to give a get to undo the Kiddushin, and then he has to give a Chalitza to, uh, his, uh, to, the, to the Yevama. That's the only way out of this case. Okay, very interesting. Now, the Gemara asks, Why are you saying that the first two cases are similar? It should have said, uh, aval, because in the first case, the uh, response, the verdict is choleset. In the second case, it's petura. So why have different language in each? And so we say, Amarash Lakish, Kan Shanarabi, Achot Kirusha, Midivre Torah, Achot Chalusa, Midivre Sofrim. We already saw this at the, in the previous stuff, but this is here. Uh, this is the original uh, source where Rabbi Yudanasi explained why is there a different verdict in each because the uh, sister of a Gerusha, that she is prohibited from the Torah. Uh, and whereas a sister of a Halusa is only Medivira Sofrim because you might confuse it with a Gerusha. Uh, so I think this can actually explain the Vechen, and you don't have to change the wording. Uh, rather, the Vechen is saying it's the same principle. In both cases, it's the sister is prohibited. Now, the verdict will be different because in the first case, it's only the Rabbanan. So you, could do chal- so you have to do Chalisa. In the case, it's Teoraita, Neisur Karet, and therefore Petura. But what the sim- what's similar about each of them is that the sister of this relationship that was severed is prohibited at one level or another. Good. Shomeret Yavam Shekidesh. Now, next case of the uh, woman awaiting a uh, yibum, and in, min- in the meantime, another brother goes and does kiddushin with the sister. Amar Shemuel says, "Yes, we have. We tell him, wait. You cannot do, go ahead with nisuin. Uh, wait till your brother does yibum chalisa, and then you can finish the nisuin. Very good. Iba yalehu. Question. Meta ishto mahu bivimto. 
in this same case that we had here, uh, what if after right, uh, Ruven dies, Rachel is required as a zikah to Shimon the Nevi. Shimon could at that point uh, take uh, Rachel. Instead, he does Kiddushin with Le'ah, but then Le'ah dies. So what is the law? Can Shimon, after that, go ahead and do Yibum with Rachel? Do we say, on the one hand, he was permitted to Rachel um, uh, originally when Reuven died, and then in the meantime, he became prohibited when he was uh, betrothed to Le'ah, but then he became permitted again. So we go back to the original permission, and therefore he can or do we say no? Once a one of the once a brother is prohibited from the Yevama, he remains prohibited forever and uh, becomes like his uh, wife's uh, his brother's wife again. Uh, once prohibited, uh, forever prohibited. Those are the two sides of the question. So we have a machloket. Rav says, and says is permitted. Shemuel Shemuel and say, no, uh, even after she dies, it doesn't matter. Because when he was betrothed, he was prohibited to the sister. He's still, he's still prohibited um, because, not because of sisters, but rather because of the law that when you're presented as a, Yav- as, a, as a Yavam and you are rejected and you can't do it, then that's it. You lose your chance and you become, uh, you revert back to becoming prohibited and that sticks forever and it doesn't go back to the original permission. That's the question. Let's explain it. Why would it be permitted? Rav says that uh, what's important is that the, at the original point when he died, uh, then the Uven died. That he was, she was, she was permitted. The the, um, the one who will be engaged was permitted to her, and so since it was permitted to begin with, even though it was prohibited in the middle, uh, you can go back to the original permission. Mativ Rav Hamnuna. Ramnuna is going to challenge Rava's explanation of the opinion of Rav from another case in the Brayta. Three brothers. Two of the brothers are married to two sisters. Bechad Mufne and one is not uh, is not a single. Met echad mbale hayot. One of the brothers who's married to one of the sisters dies. Vasaba Mufne ma'amad and the one who's single does the ma'amad the kiddushin. He gives her uh, money or a coin and says, "Okay, I'm going to do the yibum with you. I plan to." So it's kind of like the status of kiddushin. Vachar kach met achiv hasheni and then the other brother who's married to the other sister dies. And now he has, uh, is presented with two women. So here it is. Shimon dies. Levi does ma'amad with Le'ah. So he have, they have a close connection. Ruven dies. And now he has Rachel also. So this is a problem because he's really stuck. He cannot continue and uh, perform Yibum with Le'ah because he has a, um, a Zikat Rachel. And that's Achot Zikukato. He also can't go ahead and take Rachel because he has a Zikah and even a betrothal. Drabanan betrothal to Le'ah. And so this is also, Rachel is also a hot zikukato. So he can't do anything. What's the solution? Um, well, in that case, he would just have to do chalitza. But, But then, 
um, uh, the this wife dies after uh, after Ruven uh, after Ruven dies, Rachel herself dies. So here we have a case where at first he was permitted to Leah, then when Ruven died, he was prohibited to Leah because now Rachel is presented and but then Rachel herself dies, and so that was permitted again. And here we have. Uh, and so this is says it's prohibited it remains prohibited this is a case of Yavama that was permitted and then prohibited and then permitted again and should go back to the original per- permission according to you Rava's explanation of Rav that that permits it in the Mishnah's case, and so Rava had no answer. Ishtik, the Batad Nafak. But after Rav Hamunah left, then he thought of an answer. He says, "My lo amart led bi el azarhi damar kevan shamda alav shahat bisur nesra alav olamit." I should have told him that that case, that Braita, must be the opinion of Rabbi El Azar. Rabbi El Azar in the Mishnah, much later on, in 108. Uh, says that in a case of a man who's married to a woman and then divorces her and then remarries her and then dies, uh, in that case, you can the the, the uh, brother cannot do yibum because at the time when the original husband was divorced from his wife, uh, so that was uh, his um, she would be to him her his uh, her uh Garush's brother and that is uh that is prohibited um and even if he would die that would be prohibited back then there's no you boom does not apply when they are divorced so even though they get remarried once they were what well, once uh, the the brother was prohibited to her as his brother's divorcee uh then they she is prohibited forever so to be has the opinion that once prohibited forever forever prohibited and therefore that would apply here also that although in the middle it's uh, although the beginning is per- permitted, but then prohibited, then for therefore forever prohibited. So Rabbi Elazar must be the um, uh, could be the author of that. But I should have answered that. Whereas Rabbanan disagree, and uh, Rabbanan in that case of the when they she got divorced and remarried, they say it's okay, right? Because now it's permitted, and so Rabbi could have a good answer. I, I, uh, I'm explaining Rav, and Rav follows Rabbanan, not Rabbi Elazar. Okay, after that, Hadar Amar, he's thinking about it more, Rava, and more Amar, Rabbi Elazar, Hecha Delo Chazia, Peshat Nefila. Aval Hecha De Chazia, Peshat Nefila, Mi Amar. Hold on, you know what, maybe it's good that I didn't give that answer, because Rabbi Elazar only said his opinion when uh, she is not available at the time of death. Nabi Al-Azhar prohibited in that Mishnah on 108 only because at the time that this husband and wife were together then they got divorced. At the time of divorce, then the brother was prohibited uh, to, to, the, to his brother's ex. Um, and that happened before they got he, they got remarried and then she and then he died. So since that prohibition happened before she fell to, as a Yevama, therefore once prohibited, forever prohibited. But perhaps it'd be Al-Azad would not say so in this case, where at the time of uh, death of um, of Shimon's death, Levi was permitted, totally permitted to Leah. Only after the permission, then he, the prohibition came in when Reuven died, and then permitted again. So Rabbi Elazar may very well think that this case should be. 
permitted once Rachel dies. So it's, it wouldn't be enough to pass this off as the opinion of Rabbi Elazar. But then Ravah thought about it even more and said, Hadad Amar in, oh, you know what? It really could be Rabbi Elazar. In fact, we have a Braita that Rabbi Elazar says so explicitly. Rabbi Elazar Omer, Meta Yevim To Mutar Bishto. Once the Yevama dies, he is permitted to his wife. This is exactly the case of our Mishnah. And we see that Rabbi Elazar is machmir and says, you have to do chalisa in such a case. So there, uh, so therefore we see that Rabbi Elazar, not only in a case where she had already been prohibited before she falls a Yevama, that's the case on 108, where they were married, divorced at the time of divorce, she becomes prohibited as a brother's divorcee. And uh, then even if she gets remarried, certainly Rabbi Elazar would say there, once uh, prohibited, always prohibited. But we see from this paraita that Rabbi Elazar would also prohibit, even if when at the time that she fell to as a Yevama, she was permitted, but then subsequently prohibited. Uh, so even Rabbi Elazar says prohibited, even in that case, once prohibited, forever prohibited. And therefore, it is in fact clear that the our Mishnah, the Braita that we had with two brothers married to two sisters, are all the opinion of Rabbi El-Azhar. And uh, therefore, uh, Rava is off the hook. He says, no, I don't have a question, Rav Hamnuna. Don't ask me from that Braita. That Braita is the opinion of Rabbi El-Azhar. I was explaining according to Rabbanan. Okay, good. So now that we've explained that side, let's explain the other side of the machloket. Lema Shemuel verav aseh damre kerebi el azar. Shemuel, who said in the case of our Mishnah that once prohibited, always prohibited, uh, he, but it seems that he would agree with the opinion of Rabbi el azar, who ruled the same way here in our Mishnah. But then the Gemara rejects that possibility. We don't want to pigeonhole Shemuel that has to only follow one Tana. Shemuel can say, I can even agree with Rabbanan in that case on 108 of a man who was married, then divorced, and then remarried, and died without children. And in that case, yes, Rabbanan disagree with Rabbi El-Azad, and they, uh, they permit uh, the, 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 the Yavam to do Yibum in that case, because from the time of Nifilah, from the time he died, at the time that he died, she was, she is permitted to him. According to Rabbanan, we don't have to, have to take into account the fact that they were divorced beforehand. From this time, when she becomes a Yavama, she is permitted. And from that time on, she is always permitted. Nothing else happened in between that would make her prohibited, uh, then, and then have to be re-permitted again. So therefore, from the time of Nifilah, she's permitted, and then she remains permitted. So in that case, Rabbanan say, oh, we disagree with you to be Al-Azad. We don't have to take into account the fact that they were divorced beforehand. But it could be that in this case, even Rabbanan would agree because, yes, she was permitted at the time of death, but she became prohibited again. Uh, and when they, when another sister became available and then permitted again when that, when some, one of the sisters died. So, even the rabbis would agree with Rabbi Elazar and prohibit that case to do Yibum because, um, even though it's permitted at first, 
because it becomes prohibited afterwards, then the rabbis would apply once prohibited, always prohibited. And therefore, Shemalk says we can follow either to be a lazad or to be a, or a banan in that case of the of divorce. All right, next Mishnah. A very important halacha that we already discussed somewhat, that you cannot do Yibumo Chalitza until you wait three months, because we want to make sure that she is not pregnant with a child from the deceased. A husband. If she is pregnant with a child, then the she the, then the man has a child, and there's no no need for yibum or chalitza. In fact, it would be prohibited to do yibum in such a case. That would be erva. So we want to wait three months before doing either yibum or chalitza. And not only this case. And we draw this rule across the board. All women who want to either do Erusin or Nisuin. And this is interesting because Erusin generally is not done through Bi'ah. And so what are you doing? Just giving a ring. And so um, normally you do Erusin and then you wait several months before Kidu, before uh, Nisuin. And nevertheless, even doing just Erusin, we have to wait three months. To do, to do Nisuin for sure, you have to wait three months because that is with Bi'ah. And then the paternal uh, paternity may actually become confused. Um, and it applies to betulot, even someone who, a woman who never had relations before. She was uh, maybe betrothed to a man, or she was young, and she is a virgin. Nevertheless, we want to wait three months. Now, in this case, you really don't have to, because there's no way she was pregnant before, but it doesn't matter. Tanakama here says, across the board, we make no exceptions. Bechad beolot, or whether she did have relations before. Whether it's, whether she was divorced, um, from the, her first husband, she has to wait three months till she gets remarried. Or she was a widow from her thir- first husband. Also, uh, the, both of these make sense that she would have to wait. And whether she was married to the first husband, or whether she only had erusin with the first husband. And this case also is really not necessary technically because since the, the first guy just gave her a ring, they didn't do anything. So technically, she should be able to go ahead and get married right away after that guy dies or divorces her. But nevertheless, that's Tanakama across the board three months. We don't want any confusion. However, Rebiuta is more lenient. Rebiuta Omer, Hanesuot yitarsu, Varusot yinasu. If someone, a woman who was married to a man and he divorces her or dies, now she can do Kiddushin immediately because Kiddushin does not involve relations. So she's not going to get pregnant from receiving a ring. She'll receive the ring and that way, right there, she's set up and then we'll wait three months before consummating. He says that's permitted. There's no confusion there. And also if she only had Kiddushin with the first guy and he dies or divorces her. So they didn't have relations and therefore there's no way she's pregnant. So if she wants, she can get married immediately after. So the Buddha is, uh, makes sense. He's just, uh, you know, only worry about cases that there is any possibility that she could, she, that there would be an overlap of pregnancy. Okay, but that does make an exception to this rule, except for those who were engaged in Judea, if they live in Judea. Why? In Judea, they had a practice that after someone does Kiddushin, 
I'm going to sometimes translate as engaged, even though it's uh, a lot more. It's 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 binding, and there's eshet ish there. Um, uh, but the, the point is that she is engaged to this person, and it cannot be with anybody else. Okay, so in Yehuda, after someone does even just erusin, just a ring, they would permit the young couple to live together uh not to consummate the marriage but to live together and that way they would uh, get to know each other be feel more comfortable with each other uh libo gaspa be familiar with her and that way eventually when they do uh get married and they're ready to consummate they'll it'll be more natural and uh they'll they'll have an easier time because they will be more uh they will um be more familiar with each other okay so that's the custom in Yehuda. the problem is that we know sometimes they may become a little too familiar and may um may actually uh, have relations during the time of Kiddushin before Nisuin. It is possible that sometimes they would do that. It's difficult to control. And therefore, we have to suspect that although they were only had Edusin, she may actually be pregnant from then before the official Nisuin. And so therefore, in Yehuda, even if someone was only an Arusa and then dies or divorced, we still make her wait for three months. But everywhere else where the Kiddushin is done, and then they go back to their parents' homes until Nisuin, then you could do it right away. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Omer, Kol HaNashimit Arsu, Chutz Mina Almana. Rabbi Yosef mostly agrees with Rabbi Yehuda, and he's lenient like Rabbi Yehuda, that any any woman, no matter, even if she was married just now, she can do Kiddushin the next day. Because Kiddushin, uh, there's only going to be a ring, and then they're going to separate. So we don't have a problem with that. Except for an Almana, except for if her husband dies, for a different reason altogether. We're not worried that she might that we're not worried that we're going to confuse pregnancies because she'll wait three months with the new guy um, before uh, consummating that kiddushin. But for a different reason, she just lost her husband, and therefore it's not uh, she's in a mourning period. She's sad, so she should wait three months to finish that mourning period. It's not respectful for her to go ahead and get married. Uh, do Kiddushin right away. So he's a little bit more Mahmid on that aspect, but otherwise mostly agrees with Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so that's the three opinions in the Mishnah. And now let's discuss the first one. Bishlama lo ben kayama. We understand why if some, if a woman just lost her husband and they have no children, uh, then the Yavam should not do Yibum right away because she may very well be pregnant and that child may be viable. And then she will have had a child. The deceased husband has a child and then there's no, uh, Yibum is not allowed. And if you do Yibum before you're certain, then the Yavam, who's not really the a Yavam because there is no Yibum, will uh, be, uh, will uh, violate the prohibition of the brother's uh, the w- brother's wife, which is a prohibition Dodaita karet. Um, maybe he does it by mistake. Still have to bring a korban hatat uh, or korban uh, or sham talui if he wasn't sure. Okay, Ella lo tachlos amai. So we understand why you can't do yibum, but why can't you do chalitza? Why do you have to wait three months? Just do chalitza. You're just doing a little shoe ceremony. There's no harm done if it was not. If it turns out she, she was pregnant and had a viable child, so no harm done. So we did a little. Uh, uh, you know, we wasted a few minutes on a on a ceremony. Uh, so why not do that within three months? I know why. Maybe because that chalisa 
would be invalid. And so don't do it because if it turns out that she is not pregnant, and then you can say, oh, well, you lie, I did Chalitza already. No, but we saw already a machloket. All right, Rabbi Yochanan said that if you do Chalitza while one is pregnant, then it is a valid Chalitza. Now, if it is a valid Chalitza, you should be able to do it within three months. So the fact that Mishnah says, you cannot, don't, don't do Chalisa within three months, means that Rabbi Ochanan is wrong, that a Chalisa, while someone's pregnant, is invalid. So don't do it because if it turns out, well, if it turns out she's not pregnant, then it is valid. But she may be pregnant, but the child be in the not viable. And then um, you'll think that, oh, we did Chalisa, she'll go and get remarried, but the Chalisa is not. So therefore, don't do it. So it makes sense if Rabbi Ochanan is wrong. Uh, so therefore, this proves that Rabbi Ochanan is wrong. Uh, wait a second. We've already discussed this in the past, and we already rejected Rabbi Yochanan one time. Why do you have to tell me again with this Mishnah that Rabbi Yochanan is wrong? Okay, so maybe also we have another refutation, right? It's always good to have an extra refutation, just in case you find an answer to the first one. So this is an extra one. But then we say, no, in fact, there is no refutation from here. Lo hacha shema yevalad ben kayama atam karoz lichuna. Here we're worried about something else that the child may in fact be viable. Now, if the child is viable, then it would have turned out that the deceased had a child, and therefore there's no need for yibum or chalitza. So no harm done, right? Except that now she does not need yibum or chalitza. She can go marry anyone. Really, she's allowed to marry a Kohen because she's a widow, right? This Chalitza was not necessary. It was a non, it was a nothing ceremony. But now that you did the Chalitza, people are going to be there. They're going to say, oh, she did Chalitza. Must be she's prohibited to a Kohen. And now you're going to have to get a public announcer to go around and say, oh, the Chalitza that was done was not really necessary because turns out she had a child. And so the, uh, the, 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 there was no, uh, the, this, her husband had a, deceased husband had a child. There's no need for Yibom Chalisa. She can marry a Kohen. So, and then we're going to require an announcer. And that's why Rabbi Yochana, that's why the Mishnah says, don't do within three months. Now we ask about that. Okay, so send out a public announcer. You know, what's the big deal? Uh, no, it's still not a good solution. There may be many people that were around for the Chalitza. They heard about it or they saw it, right? So it's interesting. It's a big deal. And so that's memorable. But maybe they were out of town and they didn't hear the announcement that that Chalitza was not necessary, and then they will assume that she's prohibited to a kiona for to a kohen, and you know they're not going to set her up with the kohen that they know, and it's going to be to her detriment anyway. Right? You can't. People don't read their emails, as we saw before. Okay, so that really that would be that could be very well the reason why the Mishnah says so, and this, this is not necessarily a uh, refutation of Rabbi Yochanan. So now we understand the reason. Hold on, we still have more questions about that reason. What if this woman was already divorced on a previous occasion? She was married to some guy, divorced, and then married the same guy or married someone else. So she is already prohibited to a Kohen. And now, with the set, this husband that she's married to now, he dies without children. So why not do Chalitza right away? Now, we don't have to worry that 
people are going to say, oh, she's a chalutza, she's permitted to a kohen, because even if it turns out that she has a child and she's simply a widow, she's still prohibited to a kohen because she's a girusha. So we don't have to worry about this mix-up with the announcer in such a case. So how about in that case, right? Would you still need the, then could, then you should be able to be married within three months, but the Mishnah doesn't give any exceptions to it. And so we say, Mishum de Mafsid la Mizonot is another reason why to wait, why we should wait three months. And that is because this widow, um, as, uh, b- b- until someone, until the Yavam does Yibumo Halitza, she can receive money for sustenance from the deceased husband's estate, right? And so she can continue, because otherwise, who, how is she going to get supported? So she has three months that she can continue to be supported. If you do halitza after one month, then she is stuck because she still can't get remarried because she still has to wait to see if she's pregnant or not. And now she gets no mizonot for those, uh, for the entirety of the three months. And that's why it's not nice to her to do halitza before. So wait three months so that she can have mizonot. Okay, good. That's, so this will explain the girusha. But what about another case? Uh, that's if she was married to the deceased. Um, what if we combine what we said before with someone who is only engaged to the deceased? In other words, as follows, she was married to some guy and that got a get. Okay, now she's already prohibited to a, to a Kohen. Now she does Edusin only with, um, with another guy. And he dies without children. So you still have a requirement for Yibum even after Edusin. Um, but in that case, since it was only Edusin, the husband was not responsible for paying for her food. Uh, that the Ketuvah responsibility of paying for a sustenance only kicks in after Nisuin. So therefore, once he dies without children, she's not getting Mizonot anyway. And so in this case, you should say there's no downside of doing Halisa even after a short time. Um, so why not in this case, right? Uh, but, but the Mishnah doesn't make any exception. So how come we can't uh, do Chalitza within three months in such a case? You know what? It's a completely different reason why. Uh, not not because we were worried about the uh, the announcement and uh, she can't marry Kohen. A completely different reason from the Abaraita. This uh, very story like this, someone came to the Biyose and says, Can I do Chalitza within three months? Right? I want to just do it and get it over with this uh, Yabam said. Amar lo, lo tachlos. Uh, he says, no, it's not allowed. Uh, why not? Just do, uh, let me just do it. And so what? Right? If it turns out that she's pregnant, so then we didn't tra- transgress everything. Then we'll go on from there. So, the pasuk that says, And so the pasuk says, only if you don't want to do yibum, then you can do chalisa. That means you can only do a chal- do chalisa in a case where, if you wanted to, you could do yibum. All right. So anyone who can do yibum can do chalisa. And the flip side is, if you cannot do yibum, you cannot do chalisa. And therefore, in this case, you cannot do yibum, right? Because yibum, she may be pregnant, and then the yibum might be erva. So since 
uh, the rabbis said, even if it's only to the banan, since once the rabbis said you cannot do yibum, and this applies across the board no matter what the case, no yibum is possible. Therefore, because no yibum is possible, no chalisa is possible. That's the reason. It's not because we're worried about anything that might happen. It's just a simple rule of the Mishnah that chalitza is only an alternative to yibum and cannot stand alone as a solution if yibum is not available. All right, so that's a brilliant solution, but we have a problem with it. There are actually a lot of cases. We already saw various cases where one cannot do yibum, yet one can do chalisa. Um, you know, if uh, if it was a sur lav, shiniyot, cases of kedusha. Here's yet another one that Avchinena is asking someone who is uncertain. Can uh, do chalitza and not yibum? What case of uncertainty? My sefekot ilem asafek kedushin amai lo mitjabemot tijabem ve'en bekach kelum. If you're saying it's a case where the deceased husband perhaps was not really a husband, uh, he uh, we're not sure he did something. Question uh, the the ceremony was questionable. We're not sure if there was kedushin or not. Um, well, in that case. Why not do yibum? Uh, do do yibum, and there's no problem. Why? If it was kiddushin, meaning if the deceased husband, if he did kiddushin, it was proper kiddushin, and then died without children, so then the brother can do yibum, and then it's good yibum. And if not, if that kiddushin never went through, right? This um, uh, the the, uh, the the messenger went, and we don't know if he made it there or not. If it turns out that he didn't do kiddushin, then it's also fine. This brother is taking this woman as a wife. Right, and uh, so there was no previous history with the brother. So, and you can just choose a single, and so a brother, right, can marry this single woman, and so you could do it either way. So that can't be the case where it says chosot v'lomit In that case, you could do yibum slash just get married. Could be a case where. The original uh, Reuven, right, the first uh, guy, he did Kiddushin with one of two sisters, but he doesn't know which one, right? He sent a messenger, the messenger said, I gave it to one of them, I don't know, they look alike, I'm not sure which one it was, and they sent a messenger, so they don't know, um, and uh, and therefore, um, he cannot do Yibum with either one, because he, he died without children. If he picks the right one, then that's Yibum. If he picks the wrong one, then that is Achot Zikukato, and so that's why vekatane hole said you have to do chalisa. All this is a question on the biyose. In this case, you cannot do yibum, right? There's a problem because we don't know who's the who's the right one, and yet and yet you have to and can do chalisa. So this is a an exception to the biyose's rule, who said anytime you can, you can only do chalisa if you can do yibum. If you cannot do chalisa yibum, you cannot do chalisa. So how come you can do chalisa here? Okay, good question, and we answer. In that case, it's just that we don't know. One of them is, one of them is not. And if Eliyahu would come and say, oh, this is the wife that got Kiddushin, so then we would do Kiddush, we could do Yibum with her, and then therefore we could do Chalisa with her. So one of them is eligible to Yibum and Chalisa. We're just not sure which one. So that's why we're going to give uh, Chalisa uh, to uh, to both of them, and that way we will get out of the sefek. But it's just lack of a lack of knowledge. Potentially, one of them can can have yibum. 
Haha, im yavolio v'yomar deha la'i abera, mi meshkach bevia bemin la, but in our case, even if Eliyahu comes to uh, this uh, widow and says, oh, she's not pregnant, right? I have a pregnancy test, meaning to nowadays, <laughs> this would actually is practical, we don't need Eliyahu, we can do a, uh, we can do a sonogram, we can do a test, and we can see, and we're still for sure, she's not pregnant, right? We can tell this before three months. Would we listen anyway? No, we wouldn't, because the rabbis already made a derabanan gezerah across the board. That we never allow a marriage before three months, or yibum before three months. After all, look at our Mishnah, according to the first opinion, even if someone is a minor, and there's no way she's, there's no way that she is, uh, she could possibly biologically be pregnant, nevertheless, we make her wait three months. So it's not about a lack of knowledge in our case. In our case, it's simply a gezera across the board. Okay, another difference is that in this case, all you have to do is wait, uh, and then you'll, and then you'll know for sure, and so there's no, no, no reason to enter, put yourself in a situation where you can't do Yibum, but you could do Chalisa, so do Chalisa. In uh, various other cases, like Isur Kedushah, Isur Sheniyot, uh, what are you going to do? You, cannot, you can't do Yibum. If you could say you're nev- never going to do Chalisa, then she'll never be able to marry anybody. So that case, those cases are simply impossible. You have to do Chalisa. But in this case, um, all you have to do is, oh wait, all right, what's the big deal? Three months, not such a long time. And uh, therefore, Rebiyo says, rule applies to our Mishnah. And we answered our question. This is why we don't do Yibum or Chalitza. That's why we don't do Chalitza even after, uh, until three months, no matter what. All right, good. Now, tenora banan. Yevama shelocha shelosha chodashim arishonim nizonet Michel Baal. Mikan va'elach ena nizonet lo Michel Baal ve lo Michel Yevam. Okay, now we're going to get back to an interesting law that we just quoted, that Yevama, for the first three months after the husband dies, she gets, um, she gets fed, she gets uh, sustained from the husband's estate. Um, from then on, no, then she does not get anything. Not from the husband's estate and not from the Yavam's estate. Okay, now really, the Yavam, if he was nice, he would uh, then do Yibum or Chalitza immediately after three months so that, right, either Yibum and then he will take care of her or Chalitza so she can go get married to someone else um, because otherwise she's, uh, she's stuck without anyone to support her. Now, Ahmad Badin, Baraita continues and says, Ubarach. Nizonet Michel Yavam, what if she takes him to court and says, okay, listen, three months are up, and he has a responsibility to do something. He should do Yibum or Chalisa. And he, instead of listening to the Betin, he runs away. Either because he's running away because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be responsible and he doesn't want to pay her, or he ran away from whatever, whatever other reason. Um, in that case, she has a right to uh, be sustained from the Yavam. Even though he ran away, the, the court will go and take his assets. And, uh, and pay for her because he is responsible and he's neglecting his, his responsibility. So as long as she says, I want, you know, uh, pay up, she, he, he has to pay. Now, here's an interesting question. What if her husband dies without children? The only brother that he has is seven years old. What is she going to do now? She has to wait a few years. Uh, before he can do Yibum Chalisa. So now what, what is the law? Right? Through no fault of her own, she is stuck. She cannot get remarried. This is a, you know, unfortunate kind of Aguna situation where she's going to have to wait till he turns 13 in order to perform Yibum or Chalisa. So what is her right? 
Mi abam let le. Mi baal mai. So from the avam, okay, the avam is a child. So, and he's not, you know, he's not responsible. He didn't do anything. Uh, so he, she's not going to get anything from there. But maybe we will say that in this case, she should still get sustained from the husband's estate. Right? What do you think? Right? Should the husband pay for it? This is a machloket. Peligibad av achavedavina. Hadamad itla. Vechadamad letla. Velcheta letla. Mishemaya kenasuha. The machloket, one of these opinions says, yes, she gets it from the husband. The husband died, and she, through no fault of her own, is stuck in this situation. Um, you know, she married into this family, and this is, uh, part of the contract. He has to provide for her until the marriage is over, and by dying, and, and uh, not leaving any other provisions for her, she deserves to be fed from the husband's estate, even if it'll be a few years. That's what the first one says. The other one says, no, it's three months, and that's it. You know, he may have other, he, um, has other family. He doesn't have children, but he has other family. The brothers, the father, they say, you know, we want the money. We, we want to inherit, and we don't want it to be stuck with you. And so uh, you get three months, and then otherwise, too bad. It's your fault. And the bottom line is the halacha is mishemaya kenasuha. She's penalized by heaven. It's not his fault, the deceased husband, that he died and left a younger brother who was a minor, right? There's no way to plan for this. And therefore, uh, his estate should not be responsible. It's her unfortunate luck. Um, and so this is a kenas that she'll have to figure out something to do during those uh, intervening years, but she cannot have a claim on the husband's estate. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.